0: Good afternoon, and welcome to New Beginning Radio, where we're planting to seeds today for a better tomorrow, walking you out of the darkness and into the light. Not only are we talking about the issues, but we're finding solutions for the problems that we deal with every day. And joining me today is my co host, Mr. Sheldon Gooch. Mr. Duke.
1: How are you today? I am blessed and highly favored. How are you? I'm
0: great. You know, everything is really going well with me.
1: Good. Need to complain? Don't want to bring you down with it.
0: Yes, I had a wonderful week. Awesome. Awesome. Busy, busy week. Yes. Good. Good.
1: Well, we are very excited, and we want to thank our listeners for tuning in once again. We have an an exciting story, a very inspirational story. That uh, if if you're tuning in and you're listening now. You might want to get some others, invite some others to, to get in on this. Uh, this is going to be one for everyone, and uh, it's going to be truly inspirational to, to hear this particular story. And I'm excited about, about the guests that we have, Miss Sanders.
0: I am also very, very excited. But before we get started, would you please lead us in a prayer?
1: Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your mighty works and all that you do and all that you have done for us and all that you will do. Father, we thank you for uh, just being our provider and our protect- protector, Lord, for being our provision. Um, Lord, we thank you for sending your son for his precious blood that that uh, blots out our sins. Father, we thank you for saving us and giving us eternal life. And Lord, we thank you for this platform. And Lord, we, we thank you for uh, giving us Uh, New Beginnings Radio and for the listeners who are tuning in. And Father, help us to be able to share content that is inspirational, informative, but Lord, most of all, that would be edifying and uplifting. And Father, for those who are listening right now who are going through something or who have gone through something, either directly or indirectly, Father, I pray that this particular broadcast will bring about healing and restoration for them or at least uh, start the steps that they need to, to move forward and to get out of where they are and Lord we'll be so careful to give you the praise and we give you amen. all the glory amen. Lord we worship you for all that you're doing and we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name amen 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 amen, amen. amen. amen.
0: yes
1: you wanted to do a couple of uh, public service
0: sure absolutely uh, I want to tell you a little bit about the Geneva Foundation uh, Geneva Foundation is a non-profit organization that deals with women that have gone through all types of abuse whether it's mental, emotionally, physical, sexually it doesn't matter a lot of times it's spiritual abuse mm. and so what our goal is to to change the thoughts process of a woman that have gone through all kinds of abuse mm. and two of the most important things is one to acknowledge and then accept Mm. if you can acknowledge the things that have happened to you and then accept the 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 things that have happened then your life starts to make a a whole new turn Mm. so our goal for the geneva foundation is just to be able to be a benefit to individuals that have gone through some form Of abuse and it doesn't matter what you know what kind it is and our goal is always being planted seeds today for a better tomorrow we may be in this place today but when we start to learn and know that our life have value Mm -hmm. then we understand the things that we have gone through we're able to move out of that Mm -hmm. and the seeds that we have planted along the way it's not always for us but it could be for our friends, our family, our grandchildren, uh, for people that we truly love. So we're excited about all the things that uh, we do with the Foundation, and I'm so excited to sponsor this program along with you. I'm free uh, because it's so important what we do is to be able to help people to understand that their life has a meaning and that's the reason i'm so excited about our guest today because i've never met her i'm gonna get emotional (laughs) but i love her i love her spirit i mean it's just absolutely wonderful so i'm going to allow you to introduce her because you have known her for a long time as well and we're just Great. so excited to have her here with us today.
1: Well, thank you for the honors. And, and uh, it is a distinction and an honor for me to introduce uh, this beautiful lady. Uh, when I met her, she was a young girl, 13, 14 years old uh, at a boarding school and never knew that our lives would come full circle, but uh, she had been listening in on the radio broadcast or s- some of the social media posts that we've, we've done. And she began to reach out and share. And I was completely blown away because this little sweet girl that I knew at 13 and 14 had really gone through some, some major things. So I, I'm excited to be able to do this. So ladies and gentlemen, you want to sit close and remove all distractions because the young lady that we are do- introducing right now uh, has a story that is truly life-changing. So with that being said, I want to introduce to everyone, Lisa Ripp. Are you there, Ms. Ripp?
2: And I just uh, thank you so much uh, for calling me and giving me an opportunity to to share my story. And and I guess I just uh, uh, the biggest message that that I like to uh, to tell um, I'm not sure exactly who your your audience is. If your audience has uh, family members who may be incarcerated or family members that that you think that are lost forever, I just wanted to say yes, have to, to you know send that lie right back to the pit of hell because God is still in the saving business, still hmm. in the healing business, and it doesn't matter, you know, as long as we have a breath in our body, there is hope, and that, Amen. uh, he is in the redeeming business, and that we have an opportunity to, to be saved, saved and healed, so we just never give up, Amen. you know, never give up, and, and, um, and that there's a life, abundant life, uh, waiting for us, and that, that even if we are incarcerated, uh, we are not forgotten,
1: Amen. and,
2: um, and, And that's that's the message that I want to give people who are incarcerated, that even though we might feel forgotten, um, and then people who are still in the throes of addiction, um, he is there, even when we make our bed in hell, he's Hmm. there with us. So, I just wanted to say that, that um, we are never among, and... um,
1: Well, yeah, of course, you know, you started with the word, and so (laughs) we'll all appreciate that, but... Uh, let's talk about where you're from and your early, um, where, you, where you came up, and um, let's take it the, the early years, all right. maybe all the way up until right. French camp. Okay. Well,
2: before, prior to French camp, I was living in Meridian, Mississippi. My dad uh, was a car dealer, and uh, my mother uh, suffered from alcoholism, and um, back then, we... Um, there was still a lot of stigma with um, alcoholism and addiction and i learned from a very very early age how to keep dysfunction inside the house we were we were at church every time church doors were open you would have mm-hmm. never known that there was so much uh we put the fun and dysfunctional when the when the, <laughs> the house doors were closed i'm telling you it was chaotic at home but we were there you know wednesday night sunday morning sunday night you know friday night skating at the church first baptist church but um Wow. My mother had a terrible, terrible drinking problem and, and um, I would uh, not want to come home after school and you know and I was um, uh, probably not doing the right things and, and uh, I wound up with uh, being um, eventually sent to French camp. And at the time, uh, I thought uh, I was being abandoned because <laughs> the enemy will twist things in your ear and you don't really see things the way they really
1: are children, um, right. you were you saw what French Camp was, and, yes. and uh, it's one of the most amazing, wonderful places on earth, and uh, that was
2: uh, one of the first um, rescues that God had for me in my life, and, um, to be able to go to such a wonderful place and to um, learn the Word of God. And we had chapel um, two or three times a day, and, and we would sing songs, and that's when I learned scripture. Wow. Um, that we'll talk we'll talk about later um, of how that scripture got down in my heart and when I was 13 years old is when I accepted the Lord um, as my Savior at 13 wow. and um, living there and the Lord gave me um, other fathers and mothers um, to be my parents and um, and that was where I spent 13, 14, 15 and 16 years old and that's where I met you and heard you sing the mm.
1: very first time
2: when you came, yes and yes. Um, a great impact on my life. That just beautiful voice, and I was just enthralled by the way you sang, and, and I never forgot it even
1: to this day. Um, oh, thank you.
2: you
1: well, thank so, you. Um, well, let me ask. Let me back you up for just a second. Now, you said your family was in church every Sunday, and every, when the doors were open, but you didn't know the Lord until you. We're in French camp,
2: right? Because it didn't. Because it, it was. It was. I don't know. I guess it was just. Um, I don't know if anything really made sense. I guess it seemed like something to go do, and because <laughs> it, you know, putting it all together, you know, everything that was going at home and then going to church I mean, something wasn't right. right. I mean, something wasn't clicking. You know what I mean? It just there was it, that that love, and and um, I didn't really know what the father thing was supposed to be, because my dad was always working, and
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I was lost and alone, you know, uh, what I thought I was lost and alone, because I certainly wasn't getting affection, wow. and I wasn't getting protection that a little girl needed, and um, I began to be um, active with boys early, early, because I was um, a, a deacon at that time. Same church, I wasn't going to go into this, but I guess I will. Um, about nine years old, um, was messed around with, with a, a deacon at that uh, church. Oh wow! Um, on, a oh. on a Wednesday night, and
1: um, that oh, kind of opened up the door for me to start being promiscuous at a very very young age. And, wow!
2: Um, but when I went to French camp, all that stopped. You know, of course, you know. I, 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 I was, um, I don't know why. I mean, of course, you don't it was very strict and everything, so you really didn't have opportunity to do that, but right. I, I wasn't even interested in that anymore. I mean, I, you know, the Lord came in and filled that void that was there, you know, so from the ages of 13 to 16, all of that stopped. You know, right. when I came home, my te- I came. I went to Canada as a missionary when I was 16 for the summer. I went to Team Missions International, and I came home my senior year to graduate from home. But when I came home, my mother's drinking was um, even worse. So um, everything Mm. that I had picked up at French Camp probably in about three months, um, I had uh, reverted
1: back to um, the boys and actually started drinking with her and uh, experimenting with
2: drugs. And um, by the time my senior year was over, uh, she had gotten uh, physically abusive. Mm.
1: And
2: so I left... I left um, home and went to um, El Paso, Texas with one of my friends that I'd gone to the mission trip with. And that was uh, probably about a year that I spent um, roaming the country doing all kinds of
0: crazy stuff. Wow. Lisa, let me ask you, did you ever tell anyone about uh, the deacon? No. Mm-mm. No. What conversation did the two of you have, or was there any conversation? Deacon? Yeah. Was a deacon that abused you on a Wednesday night?
2: Um, I, I didn't tell anybody
0: until, you know, I was a grown adult. Oh, wow. What conversation did the deacon have with you, or was there a conversation that was between the two of you? What
2: he did was, um, it was an oral thing. Oh what my did, god. what he, he wanted me to do to him wow. Oh my god I was about nine years
1: old mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the reason no. why she's asking that Is because oh my god. of her own particular story So that's the reason why she's, she's
2: uh, It started out with a kiss And then he unzipped his pants And you know did that I was about nine years old Wow Yeah but he was like the one, that, the 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 young, cute one that everybody liked, and was with the youth and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know what to do, you know. Right. Very
1: disturbing.
2: Very disturbing. And who do you who do you tell? Who do you say? And right. what have you? But after that, it was just like um, I uh, uh, maybe about I don't know how long it was after after that. My mother was in and out of uh, mental institutions, and uh, I think the next time was um, we were staying with. Uh, 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 one of her friends and they had like an older an older boy that was there me a senior in high school and I might have been 12 I think
1: Oh.
2: and um God. it was i think that was the next time and then after that it was like the Pandora's box was open right i had found something that gave i had found something that gave me uh, uh, some kind of connection that I needed you know and and um uh, i guess it was my um I mean, I didn't. I, I never felt. I never felt like I was. At that point, I didn't feel as if I was being hurt in any way. Right. You know, I know that. I know. I know now that it was it was desperately wrong with these people. The boys that they were doing. Right. But at that time, at that time, I didn't feel like it was. You know. Right. It was something that I thought, I, I thought it out, and and um, it was just where it was. You know. Right. Um. I know. I know now that it was. It was a trick from the enemy, and I, I don't feel. I don't feel any, uh, I'm so washed and cleaned of that now. It's so why I could talk about it without, without feeling any kind of uncomfortable way because um, I was a child and um, and right. the Lord, just, he's, healed, he's healed all those spots, you know, and, and it doesn't bother me. The,
1: the fact that you can talk about it as freely and as openly as you do is mm-hmm. the evidence that you have gotten free from from the pain and, Absolutely. and uh, the, even the memory of it. And,
2: uh, a friend of mine asked me a couple of days ago because she told me that I, um, a stepfather had done something and, and she wanted to talk about it. She said, what do I do about that? And I said, well, here's what you here's what you have to understand is that at this point, understand that when that happened, that more than likely, because I know in my case, opened up the door to other decisions that you made really? starting sexual activity at as a young age. So knowing that that happened, you can just relieve yourself of any guilt of anything else you did past that. Because you didn't even know that you could do those things until he did that. Right. And that's what happens. You don't even know that that's possible until someone breaks you in that place that you're not supposed to be broken. Mm. You know, when an innocent child gets broke right there, you know, all of a sudden, all of these other ideas and all these things that you're not supposed to know about. You know, that's why the enemy breaks breaks children right there. And that's why the enemy's doing this thing with the media and TV and they're trying to teach these children all these things so young in these schools. The enemy knows what he's doing. Wow! short circuiting these children's brains? Um, you know what they're doing. It's really hard to see. You know, what's happening, but um, and that's what happens. So you don't. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's
1: none. Amen. Amen.
2: There's not. It's the over with. So I can I can talk. I, can, I, I I like to gingerly talk about these things for the listener. More than more than myself because I I I'm honestly it it, it it it's so nothingness because it's so gone
1: right you right. know it it it, it it it
2: truly in my heart is it's nothing there I have absolute zero zero that's,
1: shame that's a beautiful that. a beautiful thing uh, you know yeah. uh, when when I reflect back on who I was as a criminal and an armed robber. Um, in a in a gunfighter with life plus 60, and I look back at who I was, and I don't even recognize that guy. You know, I mean... I, if It's not you. It's not you. Right, it's not Isn't me. That
2: Isn't that beautiful? That, it's like Jesus justified. Justified, never done it.
1: <laughs> right, absolutely. That is so true. <laughs> that is so
2: true.
1: So, justified,
2: never done it, so... So, so, so you know that 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 was that. So I I you know that's all I can say. You're you're so okay.
1: There's right. no guilt. Amen. You know, and,
2: and anytime I'm give you, give you a little example. You know, come I'm not gonna go deep deep with it, but you know what I talked to you on the phone. Oh, absolutely. The other night, that, that that thing I was on. I got a I got a tweet earlier um tonight, and it was from that other side, and it said, um, well, you were a, you were a trick, and you did this, and you did that. And I said, you're exactly right. I was all those things. But you're you're not outing me, dear. It's all on the internet. It's all on my videos. And it's all here. But guess what? Some of the greatest women in the Bible were once hookers. So I'm in really good
0: (laughs) company. You really really are. We really (laughs) are. I said,
2: said, Rahab, Mary Magdalene, and me, I said, we were fearless, fearless, uh, forgiven, and have a lot of faith.
1: Amen. there you go. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. So we'll,
2: we'll get to the hooker part in a minute,
1: though. <laughs> it's all good. Fast forward a little bit, and let's right. talk talk about the major or a major turning point in your life. We can do that. Okay. I read an article uh, about what you went through, and while you were in that journey and in the valley of that journey, love to. For our listeners to be able to hear that story.
2: I'll jump to that. Um, I, you know, I came back from, from Texas, and um, I met um, I met a man from New Orleans. And uh, I wound up moving down to New Orleans with him. And he had, like, this most amazing family. His mother and daddy were, like, Ozzy and Harriet. And I <laughs> wanted that. I wanted that. Wow. And um, and And it was so normal. You know, it was just so beautiful and so normal. So I was, like, ready to go, you know, and I moved down. But what I didn't know was this man was extremely abusive. And within, like, the first month, I had my first stroke dose. And um, he would say, say, uh, if you don't like it, I'll send you back to your crazy mama. And, you know, one thing that you know that if you, uh, the more you love someone, the more power they have to hurt you
0: absolutely and you have
2: to understand i desperately wow. loved my mother very very much and um i did not love this man you know i didn't and so my mother's words and her actions hurt me much deeper than his did ever even possibly did so i stayed you know i stayed and and so for years this man was me. And, and in the third in the third year i became pregnant um he didn't want this child, and he, as soon as I I found out I was pregnant, he drove me straight to Planned Parenthood to get information, and uh, I refused, and, um, he, you know, he beat me in my stomach to try to strangle me, and that, you know, he would kill the baby and all this kind of stuff, and, and so he left, and, which was fine with me, so I was throughout the whole pregnancy without him, and, um, and then, you know, for some crazy reason, I allowed him back, um in my life right, right before she was born and um you know we we were uh, not poor people you know we we were very you know i guess upper middle class you know lived on the water and all this kind of stuff and kind of mm. try to make it work and you know after she was born for about you know three or four months of uh, the hitting and everything stopped and it, it kind of started again and and um, lived like that with them until she was four and um Finally, I had enough because it was really beginning to affect her. And I told him, I said, "Look, I can't do this anymore." And I, I thought we had accumulated a, a little bit of a little bit of money, I mean, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And he he kept all the money where I couldn't access it. It was just really crazy mm-hmm. the way the control was. So I, but I, he would agree that this isn't working, you know. And and he would let me go, but I, you know nothing doing. He said if I left, that he would come track us down and, and kill us both. And so I um, I made a decision that to, to sign custody over to his parents because I knew they were good people, and if it would keep her safe, that's what I would do. And this child was like the reason I woke up in the morning. She was wow. everything, everything to me. This little baby was—I mean, she was just my world. And and but if that's what it would take to make sure that she would be safe. Then that's what I was going to do, because I didn't, I couldn't, our, our bank account was and signatures, and the and savings was, and our checking account was only in his name, I had no way to even access money to get my own attorney, wow. and, um, to fight this thing, and, um, so I did that, and, um, even the judge was like, um, do you know what you're doing, and I just didn't feel like I had any kind of choice, they were very, knew all the, the, the lawmakers in St. Bernard Parish in, in Louisiana, and in the family and all that kind of stuff, I just felt powerless, you know. So I, um, I did that, and when I did that that day, my it uh, drove away with her crying. I you mean, know, it was like one day we were together, and the next day, you know, we were apart. Right. And um, and it wasn't it. The fact that I would miss her was painful enough, but what what I couldn't shake, the pain that I couldn't shake, was her thinking that I didn't love her anymore. Uh, you know I couldn't I couldn't make that go away but this child thought I abandoned her because she wasn't going to understand why I wasn't there anymore you know and so I began to drink and then um, I uh, a lot because I didn't drink at all during this time there was I mean I left all that behind me in Mississippi and, and um, but I just tried to drink that drink that away and then I got introduced to powder cocaine and then um, eventually I went through the money that I had gotten from our divorce and and um, I got introduced to crack, and um, wow. I, was, you know, party, I was partying, and this is in a very fast amount of time, and then I started partying in the French Quarter, and I met a girl that said, um, you know, you're meeting, all, you know, we're out here having this fun and everything, what if I told you that you could do this and get paid for it, like work for an escort service and stuff, and I thought, well, why not, you know, and, and I hadn't, I really just didn't give a crap about my life anymore, And Mm. And uh, it sounded good to me. If I could be doing the same thing and get drugs and get money, I mean, it sounded like a good idea at the time. So um, I started doing that with her. But when you're smoking crack and you've got you know a thousand dollars in your pocket, you're going to go give that you know the portion to the escort service, or you're going to buy more drugs with it, right? And so I, so a couple of times, I didn't bring the money back to the place um, that were supposed to bring it. And if you do that a couple of times. You know, nobody else is going to let you work for them. So I was on my own. And um, I uh, wound up doing um, just out there on my own for a bit. So um, a little bit later, I wound up meeting um, a guy that worked offshore, which was who I was with um, the day that I decided to um, – I was extremely um, – uh, I don't know why I thought I was so fearless, but I just had not had any issue – as long as I had money. I really? thought as long as I had money, nobody was gonna hurt me, you know, as far as the exchange exchange to buy drugs. I even had drug dealers that would say, this lady would say, you know, you're gonna have to eat some beans or eat something first before I sold to you. Wow. They were, they, were, they were, these people were making a living. They weren't trying to hurt anybody. They just wanted, you know, to make, pay their bills, I guess. And, and so I wasn't afraid, you know. So, um, but this particular day, this particular day we were at um hotel down in um on the other end of the airline highway and um you know ran out and went across the airline and Mm -hmm. it was another day you know it wasn't even at night another day and um walked across and came across this guy and and um of course i'm you know a caucasian girl walking over there i mean obviously i'm not going to visit family you know so um (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and uh dude says, uh he had it at his house. I, okay, let's you know, so I go in I go in and and um uh he closes the door behind me and says, uh, you know, oh you're not going nowhere and I'm like, Okay, this is what I've been kinda I'm in trouble. Mm.
1: You know,
2: I saw the I saw the evil in this man's face and I knew I knew that I was in real trouble and i better start thinking quick. Right. So I, I was trying to tell them you know, anything I could tell them look, I got more money. I, you know, have to bring more girls over here. Even though if I ever got out of there, I certainly wasn't coming back, but I was just trying to tell anything that I could do. And, um, you know, I had not been in a place where I had to like exchange services for drugs before, but I was in a fight for my life. Whatever I have to do, I need to do what I have to do to get out of here. And, and um, you know, because this person had been doing drugs himself, nothing I did would work. Right. And, um, and he, um, he, I tried to scream, so he he took a, um, he broke my jaw. He hit me across my face and broke my jaw, and then he um, beat me in my face. And he had to use a, a plunger handle to do the raping because nothing he had worked because of what the fact of what cocaine does to, to men. And this is what went on for um, probably the next several hours. He just wouldn't stop beating me with the plunger or doing that with the plunger. I finally passed out. I finally passed out. And he was telling me that he was going to have to kill me on a Sunday because uh, he had to go to work on Monday morning.
1: Now, um, now let me me stop you. Now, you said also that um, I mean, on, in the article that I read, you even said that I you had AIDS, uh, or that you used to be a man, and and,
2: and I told him everything, yeah. I told him that I, I told, told him that I had I, I didn't have anything, you know, obviously, I wasn't a man, but I was trying to tell him anything, <laughs> no, right? No, 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 he didn't care, he didn't care, yeah. I mean, He's nothing, seen nothing, seen. nothing seemed to babysit, you know, so um. I, I told him everything, but right. it didn't matter. It didn't matter him I had a child and he said, nobody cared about me. Nobody was gonna look for me. Um, you know, uh, you know, that was it. So, uh, Sunday, Saturday morning came, because it was a Friday, Saturday morning came, my jaw had kind of locked up from where he had broken it. And he, um, he, he I had passed out. He turned me over, and he just pulled my face down where my jaw had been broken, and it, I, I just got starved. That's probably one of the worst pains I've ever had. And I just thought, oh, I didn't say about the night before. The night before I passed out, I'd gone in this little room that was like the bathroom. It was like it's a little bit further. Now this is where, guys. This is where, This is where. Okay, Jesus will go with us. He doesn't mess with our free will. He doesn't mess with our free will amen but he will go with us he will go with us and give us the way of escape well wow. and I'm, and I'm gonna talk I'm going talk about how I know this and when he showed me this because I didn't know it then I didn't know it then but I went into the bathroom and there were you know how a lot of bathrooms will have like a small window that's a little bit higher and I heard this voice that said pick the screen from the window picked the screen from the window so I did it I, I reached my hand up where kind of because he was not let me get too far away from him and I don't know how he did it, it was an old rotten screen and I picked the screen from the window and I came out of the bathroom and I heard the same voice say look down and when I looked down there was an energy bill that had his name on it mm. and
1: wow.
2: I read it it said Richard Lebeau Richard Lebeau and I committed that to memory and then it was more of the other stuff so now it's the next morning and i remembered about the window and um when he did that to my face and tried to make me do the oil thing again i said you know what i'd be a fool to sit here and let this man do this to me all day long until tomorrow he's gonna kill me anyway so guess what i'm either getting out of that window right now or he's just gonna have to kill me trying because right. i'm not doing this another minute right. and so i got up and i went to the bathroom and i put my weight on the sink To get out of the window and the whole sink collapses and he's in there laying there and i hear him going you know and i'm thinking oh crap i'm dead you know he's He's gonna kill me and the angel of the lord put him back to sleep didn't even move he just Mm -hmm. went right back to sleep i don't know if he was just exhausted but i think god put this man into a deep 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 slumber i look down by my feet and there's the plunger handle that he had been abusing me with like for the like the last how many hours or whatever and it was the perfect base because the plunger is flat on the bottom I was able to put it under the sink enough to hold the sink up to put my weight on it and climb out the window and all I had was like this little t-shirt I found on the ground that was only halfway I was totally naked from the waist down and I got out of that bathroom window and I just remember running and, um, it felt like I was underwater. I must have been in, in shock or something. And I got off of that street and you saw in the video that, I don't know if I saw, you, I don't know, did you, did you ever send you that video of the new school, Nancy Walker? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, around that, if you saw that, I, um, I ran around there and got to a, uh, off, off the street and got to a laundromat and, um, and they were able to call the police, and uh, it was a few minutes later, they came looking for me, but that nice uh, laundromat guy had a shotgun, and um, and came out with the shotgun, and he went the other direction. And when the police came, um, I told them, as best I could speak with my mouth the way it was, that my dad said, if you play in the street, long enough, you're going to get hit by a car. And I told them, you know, why I was there, and, and what... Um, I was doing because I didn't think it mattered that I was going to buy drugs. I mean, the guy nearly killed me. You right. know, I didn't think it would really, I really didn't think it would matter in the lives of the law. You know, I think thinking that realistically what he did was so much worse than me going to buy, you know, $25 worth of drugs. But I would find out later on that that really did matter. And in, 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 in the way that they would give me justice, it would be a long time before I would ever see justice um but uh, but god still had a plan and a way of escape to rescue me. you know i um i had uh i went went to, went to the charity hospital they did the i told what happened they wired my jaw jaw up i had a cranial bleed i had stitches down there and my back was all bruised my hair was matted up and um charity hospital had released me back to the man that had sent me across the street in the first place which was the last person in the world that um i needed to be with and he my teeth weren't shut, and the guy didn't want to, he think he was addicted to me, because he wouldn't call my family, and um, a couple of days later, I was out with these same people that were, you know, hookers and drug addicts and everything else, but just out with them. I certainly couldn't participate in any kind of activity, but I still wanted to get high, you know, and a drug addict,
1: that's a drug right.
2: addict too. Of course. And, um, and, um, so I got picked up on a, a crimes against nature sting, and it's, you know what that is, that's soliciting oral steps to a police officer, and it's right. pretty difficult to do that if you can't open your mouth, and, and, um, but I got picked up on that, on that charge, which is a felony, it was a felony in Louisiana, I don't think it is anymore, but at the time it was, and, and I couldn't even open my mouth to tell the police officer anything, because my jaws were wide shut, and, and, um, I, I was very, very upset, um, about that felony for a long time, I didn't understand why, um, got that, because, they told me to plead guilty on it and then i, I, I could go home so i
1: said guilty on it
0: but i didn't go home i got sentenced to three oh, wow. years oh. in prison mm. so lisa let me stop yes. you right there and we're going to come back after a break and talk to us about the three years that you got sentenced and we'll be right back okay all right. okay all right
1: ladies and gentlemen if you're looking for a really good read i recommend the legacy of geneva the gift of a mother's wisdom written by the beautiful Miss Colleen Sanders. Colleen's mother, the late Miss Geneva Williams, knew she would be passing, and therefore poured the knowledge and wisdom that young Colleen would need to survive the abuse and the trials that were soon to come. It was these very tenets of wisdom that caused Colleen to not only survive, but to thrive. And now she's launched Legacy 1000, a goal to put 1,000 of these books into incarcerated females within the state of Mississippi, 79% of whom, prior to incarceration, were also victims of one or more of the many forms of abuse. So order your copy today. All proceeds go to support Geneva Foundation Incorporated. You'll be glad you did, and we are most grateful for your support.
0: Miss Lisa, we're coming back with you. We're just so excited. I'm sitting here as you tell your story. I can just imagine, uh, just imagine you running and crying and begging for your life. I can just almost see that And while you're telling your story. But uh, before we went on break, you was talking about how when you, uh, the police officer told you if you, if you pleaded guilty, that they will let you go home, but you found out that that was not true. That was only a trick to get you to plead guilty. So, could you tell us a little bit about that, please?
2: I got the um, the felony for the crimes against nature, and the other the other felony was um, for residue. It was less than one one thousandth of a gram of cocaine. So this is what I got three years um, in prison for. But I did I did eighteen months. And, and it, it really, um, something real quick, it was, um, the world was showing me something. I was there for, um, 62 days at, at Orleans Parish Prison, and I got, uh, I got called to get released, I got called to get released, right? And I'm thinking, well, how did that happen, you know? So I'm, I not read my little Our Daily Breads and doing all this kind of stuff, and, and, um, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> they call me to release, and I, and I grabbed all my stuff, and I'm, I'm getting ready to get out. And, and I get over to, to the holding station, and, and lo and behold, it gets, a drug dealer got uh, arrested. It was in there with me. She had her mouth full of rock. I'm telling you, I threw that our daily bread down. I was trying to figure out how to smoke it. In the <laughs> <world>. Oh wow! <laughs> and, and and then all of a sudden they're knocking on the window, telling me I got to go back. And I'm thinking, what? And, this, and it had nothing to do with that. But they said I had like another charge or something for a the fourth check or something. I'm saying, attack and go. What the hell? You know why are you sending me back? So they—I was begging them to put me back on the same floor because I'd already established I'm not gay. Right. I'm, not I, I'm not gonna fight with you, and I'd already, you know, set my boundaries, and I didn't want to have to do that again on another floor. But they didn't put me on that floor. They put me on a, on another floor where I met this girl that had a a, a, a recovery Bible. And I'm gonna tell you what's important. She had a recovery Bible from this church, at Celebration Church, and. And I opened it up, and they had this little blurb at the bottom where I read it, and it, it was at the bottom of um, when it was the, the Israelites were going in uh, their their wrong route where they had to go. And the blurb said something like, "I wish I had I just gave my Bible to my nephew um, about a couple months ago." But it said something like, um, swinging southeast or southwest um, wasn't the quickest route for the Israelites, but they had to take another route so their faith could be built." Or something like that and I'm thinking oh lord I, said, I I it's like it dawned on me I was in no way shape or form ready to leave that jail <laughs> I wasn't even out yet I wasn't even out yet and ready to smoke you know so um I never asked again for my release so I get wound well, up I thought I was supposed to go to a six week boot camp because that's Judge Canizero, who uh, was now the DA we'll get to that um later on um uh me to do, but that boot camp never opened, so I got sent up to um, to Simsport. Well, I needed a Bible, and I kept I kept telling the Lord, I said, I really wish I could get one like that. More um, at Celebration Church, and I began to pen pal with this lady named Ruth Hatfield um, from Celebration Church while I was there. But that girl had to give that Bible to someone else, and, and I kept wanting a Bible like that, and and I was pen with Ruthie, but I never told her that I wanted that Bible. And being pretty and 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 um, about three weeks into my time at Simsport, um, they call my name. Uh, my last name was Appel, but they called me Appeal for some reason. And they said, Least Appeal, come to, come to property. And I'm thinking, well, maybe my sister finally sent me my socks I've been waiting for. <laughs> and um, I get down there, and there's this large manila envelope. And um, inside that manila envelope was that recovery Bible. Wow. And, and some, some lady had said that God told her that I needed that Bible, and
0: oh was my. praying for me that
2: Ruby said that. So I had that Bible. This was one of the turning points. And I us tell you, by the time I got out of prison, 18 months later, that Bible had fingerprints printed in the front. I read that Bible front and back, front to back, front to back. And it was in that Bible for the first time that I began and saw Jesus in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And I would sit back in that yard, and my heart would just leap when I would see him in the Old Testament. And I would say, "There he is! There he is! There he is!" You know, be there. And, I, would, and right.
1: um,
2: I was so tickled about that. But um one of my favorite moments um in prison, I, I got lucky and to be chosen. Like after three or four days, to get on a road crew, like uh, they just needed somebody for mm-hmm. diversity, I guess. And and asked me to work a weed eater and I said, Yeah and, and the morning called me. So I'm about to leave every day and and um I was there this was probably almost been out there almost um ten months I guess and one day I didn't really pray for catfish, but you know how children you know, you like dream about food that you love just to <laughs> oh, yes. And and this day I said I said, God, I would love catfish. I mean, I can smell it catfish. I just, boy catfish is saying, And um, that night, uh, we hear, this has never happened before, and um, they said, you know, Sheila, put Sheila, put your dress on, you know, for, you know the, night when you come, the visitor's come, you got your set that you wear, wearing, you got your night, uh, dress on. So, we put it all on and everything and went up front. And we went that night and served a Catholic catfish festival that night. I ate more catfish <laughs> that night
1: than I've ever eaten
2: in my entire life, including fries and ice cream and Diet Coke and cookies. And not only that, that we, we did like three or four more over
1: the next two weeks. I was so sick of catfish by the time <laughs> those three weeks were over with. But it was like that was him
2: saying, I'm in this with you. Right. I am in this with you. And I would, lay, I would lay on the yard and just look directly up because when I would do that, I didn't see the, the you know, I just saw him, and I got baptized um, at, at Um, You know, how many people get to do that? I got baptized on a prison yard with the most beautiful, glorious, my inmate sister singing Amazing Grace, and I'll fly away and come out of the water. To oh, look. And wow. <laughs> do
1: that.
2: You know, most, most people only get to watch that in the movie. That's I got true. to do it, you know?
1: Man. So, you
2: know, that I got to experience that. To be oranges and new black, you know it was me there. I, those are my memories. I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. And 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 you know, was it was it like? Oh, I, I'm not trying to say that prison is fun because it's not. It's not fun. Right. You grow. I'm telling you, you grow. And it's like my mother had passed away, and 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 my dad was doing his own thing. My other family, you know, sometimes had to have money on the books and didn't have shampoo, didn't have anything, and I get my towel say, God, you know what, I don't want to think today, you know, and, and some, sure enough, somebody would have something for me, you know, to get clean with, and and it, it just was the provision in having what I needed, and and um, and I, as long as I had my Bible, and I had my little batteries, and I had my Christian music and stuff, I was fine, and at night, I would just wow. say, Jesus, 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 there wasn't any men, there wasn't any drugs, there wasn't any drinks, there wasn't anybody around but Him,
1: and He wow. was fine
2: that he's enough, you know, he finally is enough. And, and, um, it was, that was just, um, um, uh, that was where things were, everything at French camp that was there was never left in those Ooh. songs and all of that, you know, um, it's made me who I am today. And it's been a journey. I'm telling you, it, it's been a journey. Wow. And, and uh, I, I met my husband when I came out of prison. So I get out. I get out, um, and I, it was the people at Celebration Church that took me in, not my family, but the people that God put in my life. And right. even, um, I was I was out probably. Uh, I get out, and I find out that I have to send out warning cards to the neighbors because I didn't know that that crimes against nature makes you a sex offender. Mm. That's the weirdest thing ever did right. do it in, in the first place. But now I've got to warn the neighbors. That's the first call that I make. And then the second call, I call the district attorney to ask, how come I never got called to testify against this rapist? And they say, well, we, we let him go after 62 days because we couldn't find the witness. And I'm saying,
1: couldn't find the witness? I was in the building next door to your office. Where you, <laughs> right. In <laughs> custody. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, you know? And, and they said, well, we didn't know, and I was thinking, that's crazy. I said, well, here I am right in front of you right now, so let's, let's charge it. And they said, well, because we, we can't, we've lost your file. We've lost your file in the evidence box. And so this was my, the story they gave me for the next 11 years. And um, I said, this man is a killer. He is a murderer. He is a serial rapist. I'm telling you, I was not his first rodeo. I'm not the first
1: person that he killed right. people. That's who were right. out there on drugs that people aren't going to miss, and he's probably, he probably have a lot of dead girls out there this guy is mm. killing, wow. he's killing
2: people now, I'm telling you this, and, and and so I would call, and I would see him back in jail, I, was, and I, I would I was like, um, go on the inmate thing and look for him and stuff, and he would be back in jail, and I'd say, you've got my rapist in jail right now, why can't you charge him? And then after Katrina, he was back in jail again, and they said, um, they said, well, we lost everybody's evidence files in Katrina. I said, how do you know you lost my box in Katrina? You just didn't know where it was before Katrina. You know, and, and mm. they said, look, we're not going to do anything about this. And I was like, look, Lord, I'm not calling people back. I've got a beautiful husband, beautiful daughters, and right. I just can't let this consume me anymore. And um, so in 2009, um, the Lord put a girl on my heart that I was in prison with, that I was just could not shake her name out of my head, I said, okay, okay, I'll look for her, you know, and I was, Jesus, you, and I couldn't do anything else, I mean, I couldn't sweep, I couldn't vacuum, I couldn't take care of the kids, <laughs> if I'm it with this girl's name, you know, I said, well, right then, you know, so I sat down, and I found her family member on Facebook, and got her phone number, and um, she told me she was contemplating suicide that day, oh, uh, when God. I found her, and it was like, she got addicted to pills and alcohol, she had two kids, she was going to lose and stuff, and Wow. And so I, I, I got her dad to send her to my house, and I was going to get her um, sober and go to um, treatment. I found a place that would take her and her kids to Home of Hope out in Arizona. And um, that night, she said, I'll never forget when you told me what happened with that man. And so that was the first night that I had booked on the internet for him in over three years. And sure enough, he was back in jail for aggravated rape, but another girl was strong enough to away from them you know and wow. you no know, telling how many did not but she did and um this time they had changed the way they did the inmate tracker and they po- posted a picture had popped up and that was the first time I'd seen his face since um the last time I saw his face
1: right.
2: right and uh it was just sickening and, and um it was a Saturday I remember and there was no one to call so I couldn't talk to anyone Monday and I went down there and um the lady Mary Glass, I was talking so fast, she was like slow down, slow down, and I said no because I'm afraid if I do, you're going to tell me to not talk and you're not going to listen to me. <laughs> you know, and, and and um, she said I promised you, she made one phone call and my box was where it was supposed to be for eleven years or nine years, whatever it was at that point, and no one ever looked for it. You know, but the crazy thing is, is that the judge that sent me to prison that saved my life was now the district attorney. Oh, and man. I love this guy. I'm telling you, he's amazing. And he um, had had no hesitation of filing charges and bringing him. I mean, within weeks he was uh, arraigned. Mm. And um, and uh, you know, speaking of Lisa's room, um, how those were. Um, cr- uh, idea for that was because while I was telling my story, like I'm telling you, uh, but giving all the details and everything, um, I, I just asked, "Where do kids go to um, to tell their stories like this?" and there wasn't any kind of special place, and I thought, well, this is really uncomfortable for me, and at that time, I was, you know, just turned 40, right. and um, I said, we have to make a special place, so the D.A. designated a special space in his building, and said, if you can do something with it, go ahead, and I, wow. I raised a lot of money on my own, and um, put carpet, that, that was good floors, and that a nice and floors, and that, and my room has some nice floors, and a whole giant district building in New Orleans, and, and it's full of toys and screen TV and gaming chairs and so much stuff. You couldn't fit anything else in there. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and, unfortunately, they use that room all day long, the child victim witness. Wow. And also, it's... it's used for um, now kids don't have to stay at the courthouse while they're waiting to go testify. <laughs> it used to be that, like where I had to stay, and there's a room in the back of the courthouse though the witnesses and, and victims can't be in the courtroom. During a trial, only when we testify, right. so you're you're forced to stay in the back of the courtroom. And sometimes you're back there with the offender if they're bailed out, and sometimes oh, you're back there with the offender's family, like I was. And, wow. and um, it's very uncomfortable, especially if you're a child, you know, to be intimidated. So now they get to stay and hang out, and watch movies, and play games and all that until it's time for them to walk over and do their thing. So those are the those are the what
1: that room is used for now. And That's good. And I've got two,
2: yeah, I did two in Mobile, two. So, um that's
1: what I've done. and that' you know that keeps down the anxiety um you know there are people who are even to, you know that's it's not fresh they're walking around with age-old offenses where they were wounded deeply and um, maybe they made an attempt early on to talk about it but were shunned or even punished for, for, for doing so. So that is really uh, read right up on the Lisa's room and I think that's incredible.
2: Yeah. yeah, so we've got a, a lot of trends going on in our society right now, and victims need to be able to come forward, and they need to be able to be believed. And, and um, it's very important that, that we have a, um, an open and honest society. There's a lot going on right now. I don't want to get too involved with all the stuff that I'm trying to do right now, but it's, it's all good.
1: Well, we thank you for for being a crusader. A lot of people don't understand the importance of getting it out there, opening your mouths and and talking about it and telling about it. Because when you don't, you enable that person. It's like you said, Boudreaux, who knows how many people he had uh, offended and hurt and and abused and bruised and maybe even killed. You know, maybe what he was, was telling you about was just a rehearsal of what he had already done before. And so, absolutely, absolutely.
2: yeah, you you have to come forward when it happens. And here's the thing you got to tell the truth. No, it doesn't, you got to tell the truth. You know, the reason why I won my case after 11 years Mm -hmm. is because my story never changed. I told the truth while I was there,
1: right? You know, I
2: didn't say, you know, I told the truth, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. I mean. You have to tell the truth. If your story changes, or you do all that kind of stuff, you don't be ashamed. I mean, look, I take responsibility for putting myself in a in a terrible, dangerous position. I Mm. own that, but I didn't deserve what I got. I didn't deserve. I didn't deserve that to happen. So you you don't. You have to just tell the truth, you know. And always, always, always tell the truth and come forward if somebody hurts you. And don't wait. Don't wait. Just go, because that's how you're going to get a dangerous person. And it is it is, it is our obligation to stop these people from hurting someone else. And I know that we're hurting and our pain at that time if, if that happens, but you're going to have freedom. Because guess what happens when you are in that courtroom and that person is there mm. and they're getting their sentence? You get your power back. Mm. You're in control and you get your power back. You know, when I was able to, to see this man's life be taken, and and he, he thought I was going away. But God made sure God made sure that justice was served. Because God had restored my life. That helplessness that I had yes. when he was in control, that was over. Mm. You know, God God enabled me to come back and take my life back because he gave it back to me. You know, I hope that this man found found on Jesus while he was before he died. He died at Angola um last year or the year before that, but, you know, I, I gave him a Bible, and I wrote in it that I forgave him,
0: and oh, I do. wow. This man Woo!
2: had no business, he had no business being on the street anymore, because he was going to continue to hurt people, and it was my job, and my duty for any other hurting woman who was out there addicted on drugs, to get this man off the street. This was right. not all about Lisa getting justice, or getting back at this man for what he did to me. This was I had to do this for other hurting people because right. this man was a predator and I had to make sure that he was not gonna hurt anybody else. And that's what drove me to not give up.
1: Wow. And that's,
2: that's what we have to know. That is that's empowering when you know that you're saving life, And when you know that you did that, you're gonna heal.
1: You're gonna heal. So
2: that's why you, you've got to come forward. And it doesn't matter if it's somebody that you know. doesn't matter if it's a family member. You don't let anybody pressure you and not coming forward because that's how you stop this. That's really. how you, how, you know, how do you want that on yourself that you know you didn't say anything and then somebody that you love, your child, your daughter, your sister, got hurt by somebody else? If it is somebody that you know, wow, you know, and then also know that God will heal those spaces because guess what i don't have nightmares i don't have i mean i'm healed right like there mm. i'm empowered in that spot praise you the can't lord break the in, you can't break the bone in the same spot when it gets healed you might break it somewhere else but it ain't gonna break in that same exact
1: spot <laughs> the bond, right? yeah that is powerful well we really praise the lord for you and your story and, and what he's doing in your life and i know that there's so much more because we have followed you on social media, and ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are listening, Lisa does not look like what she's been through, and she has worked and worked on herself, and and uh, she's a, she's a beautiful young lady right now. We want people to be able to get in in touch with you. Isn't that right, Miss Sanders?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, first, let me just say thank you, thank you, thank you. I met you on Facebook, and and I watched, I was just watching all the things that you was doing. I was amazed when I saw the the before and the after, and my thought is, I want to look like her. (laughs) And that was my biggest thought. But as I started to read different stories about you and the things that you had gone through, it, uh, it reminded me of a lot of things that I had gone through in my life, and I just wanted to reach out and say, "Hey, you don't know me. I don't know you. But if you need me, I'm here." That was the most important you, thing you, for you've me. You've been a real blessing. You've been a real
2: blessing to me. And when we start feeling the strength from in the inside out, yes. in the inside job, yes, you know, and, and, and focusing on that inside power, that our outside start reflecting. That power and strength from the inside, Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you look at yourself and say, like, "Oh, God's so kind to do
1: that for us." So you know, it's, he, he gives us that little, that little thing where the outside starts looking really nice too. Yeah. There. <laughs> Absolutely. I, and I'm, well, you know. <laughs> I have to say that that both of you are, are very beautiful women. I'm just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just in high heaven just you know being able to associate with both of you. So,
0: but yeah, oh, we, you're sweet. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're excited. We're gonna we're gonna be doing some things in October and uh, for the foundation, and uh, we definitely want to reach back out to you at that time because I want you to come and be one of my guest speakers oh, and. That, I would love to do that, Colin. That yes, would be an honor. Yes, and just and and we'll get you more information a little bit later. But I definitely want to thank you for your time uh, this afternoon. It is so important that people hear your story about the things that you've gone through. Because the more I, you know, we all have a story and we all think our story is bad, bad, bad. And the old saying is, you know, if you had your story along with somebody else's in a bag, whose would you choose? Mm -hmm. I would choose mine every time. And listening to where you were and all the things that have happened to your life, to the beautiful woman that I see every day on Facebook, God is good. He is good every day, and yes, he yes, shows in you. He's so faithful, so faithful to restore. He opens up
2: like this. the wildest doors, you know, we don't even realize that you do one thing, and all of a sudden you find yourself doing, you know, amazing things, and you just never know what path he's got for us and stuff. You just gotta kind just walk in the doors that he opens for us, and Amen. Absolutely, and, um, and, do, and do the next right thing. You know? Absolutely, and, and, absolutely. And follow, follow, follow your heart. And follow peace. You know? Absolutely, you, have to you can't
1: go wrong. That's right. Absolutely. Are you open to for people to get in touch with you?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. My Instagram is um, Lisa Rip. The word faith, F A I T H. dot fitness. Just send me a send me a friend a follow request, and i and I'll accept it. And um, and then a Lisa Rip on Facebook, the same thing. friendly, and I'll accept it. Okay. My Twitter is kind of crazy right now, so I don't think you want to get involved with that. But um, do the do the Facebook and Instagram.
1: Okay. Wonderful.
2: And I will. And I will uh, definitely. You can follow. I, was, I haven't posted on my, um, my, my my Instagram for a while, about fitness stuff. And I had to start a new job, but I'm about to I'm about to start doing some more fitness videos and things like that for Everybody and, and get people motivated to you know we start putting good things and honor in our bodies, which I mean, it's amazing what God does with food, Amen. simple foods and vitamins and everything to nourish our ourselves and and um and that's that's loving. He has designed us so amazing and beautiful, and we're His best handiwork and His most loved handiwork. And when we take care of that and honor that, He just He loves that. Yeah, he loves and I have been like this apology towards in my body because I had a few so badly, and I've let other people abuse it so badly, so when I begin to take care of it and love it, he just really, really that. Yeah. <laughs> he just loves that. When we do that and take time to honor or honor the creation that he made in us, it's,
1: Amen. It's, a beautiful,
2: it's a beautiful thing, so, and it doesn't take a long time to, you know, that it, when we start exercising, how much better we feel we focus on that
1: feeling, not just that you're doing it to get into a smaller size pants. That's going to happen anyway. You know? <laughs> right. You know,
2: yes. You know, <laughs> don't worry about it. And, you know, people say, oh, it's going to take so long. Well, guess what? Mom's coming
0: anyway. And that's true. So that is it so true. Matter. So that's just do it. That's it's, true. Like, it's going to be good.
1: It's going to be good, so I
0: have to tell you
1: about that. Well, we can see it paying off, and um, we yeah. we invite our listeners to, to check out your pages and your contacts, and we want to get you back. Um, we, we tried to put everything into one show, but there's so much more, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, yeah. and so, but it's been a pleasure to have you as our special guest, and for those of you who are listening would like to leave comments on our page or on Lisa Ripp's page, feel free to do so. We thank you for listening. Uh, any last comments, Miss Sanders?
0: Again, we just thank you so very much. We do appreciate it. Uh, Ms. Sagooch, would you um, actually tell us how to get in contact with you? Oh, well,
1: with I Am Free Incorporated, uh, co-sponsor of this particular program, you can go to imfreeinc.com and then if you want to use the telephone it's uh, 601-773-7971 and i'm free incorporated is uh, we work with ex-offenders helping them to transition back into society uh setting a new course on life and so we'd love to hear your your comments on on that as well but uh, if you know anyone who is transitioning back into society and they may not have a clear path um, i'd be glad to to talk to them and, and uh, mentor them. We have a full comprehensive program. So uh, thank you for that. So ladies and gentlemen, it's been a plum, pleasing pleasure as well as a privilege to have you here and to have Lisa Rip as our special guest. And we expect great things in the future from Miss Rip. So that being said, we'll see you this time next week.
0: Thank have you. Have a great week. Amen. I love y'all. Thank love you. Love you too. Thank okay. bye-bye. you. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. bye-bye.
1: bye-bye. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings Radio, where we are planting seeds today for a better tomorrow and helping you take positive steps towards your freedom. we hear every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as Monday morning at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We hope that you will join us. May you ever be delighted with the presence of our Lord as you continue in His will. Have a great week, everybody.